1: Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to The Art of Impeccable Soul Care, bridging ancient wisdom and modern teachings to raise your vibration and elevate your life. I'm your host, Terry Williams. Let's rise to new heights together on mindbodyspirit.fm. Hey, here we are again, another day on planet Earth. I know I say this all the time, at least I think it's planet Earth. Who knows? <laughs> maybe we're all in a dream. And uh, I think my guest today, Julie Books, she might be in a little bit of line with Alignment with that thought that maybe we aren't even on earth because she does a lot of really cool things in her life and has done a lot of very cool things in her practices. So I'm sure as the conversation flows, you'll get that from Julie. So welcome to Impeccable Soul Care, Julie. Thank
0: you, Terry. I'm so happy to be here to talk to you about all of this stuff.
1: Yeah, whatever it is that comes up. When I um, sent Julie a message, listeners, I said, well, we can talk about this, this, and this. However, it's spirit-driven, and she gets that too. She's all about going with the flow of what spirit has to offer. And we've been trying off and on for a few years to get together. So I'm glad it finally happened. I know. It feels right. I mean, not that it felt wrong before, but for whatever reason, everything
0: aligned now. So that's wonderful.
1: Yeah, well, you know obviously the obvious is COVID, right? COVID did a lot for all of us to, to have us take a breath and figure out what's what in our own lives. And even in our businesses and in our practices, you have a practice working with people, helping them ignite their own soul. And I'm sure that that was a challenge the last couple of years trying to figure out, okay, how can I help these people in a deeper way?
0: Yeah. Well, I, that's, I guess always been a question, but certainly during times that we've seen civil unrest, COVID um, so much, so much going on in our world. um, And I, I I haven't seen clients one-on-one in quite some time, but I do a lot of group work with people. So all during COVID, I kept, Uh, working with uh, at least one of the groups that I had going on for a while. And it was not that it isn't always important, but it was extra important because there were so many existential questions. I mean, life or death, you know, at the beginning of COVID, now it's, we're all talking about it, knowing what it is. At the beginning, it was, what is this thing? We can't see each other. We can't touch each other. How do we protect ourselves? vaccine, no vaccine. I mean, it was so many, and not to mention the the most of it, which was people who were dying and people who were losing their loved ones and people being hospitalized and not getting to go see their loved ones. So it was a lot of
1: unfamiliar territory. It seems like it's all unfamiliar, right? Like uh, as we, even though we know, even though we know more about it, it's still unfamiliar because as you said a minute ago that's civil unrest and there's so much division happening right sometimes i think the best we can do is look at ourselves and as i was um, as i was looking at some of the things that you're offering to groups and you know people all over the world one of the things that really struck me at the core was mercy and I think now, more than ever, we need to show mercy and we need to show it for ourselves. Yeah. um, So mercy has
0: been part of my practice and my teaching since long before COVID. And I'm so thankful for that because when things, things like COVID, like we'd ever seen anything like that before. But when things get chaotic and unsettling, um, I was so grateful to have been Practicing mercy for as long as I had, when all of that started to unravel, and uh, mercy is is a a self compassion. It, it's a it's a creating space for me and my feelings. Uh, I call it a safe place to feel. And what mm. what people don't always, myself included, don't always realize is how very harsh we are on ourselves because we live. I mean, some of it could be our individual backgrounds. I was raised strict Catholic. Everything was, everything had to reconcile back to the church's order. Your experience didn't matter so much. Just get yourself in line. And that's just one example. We could then go into the greater culture of, uh, you know, the five steps to be happy and That our overemphasis on happy and our overemphasis on feeling good all the time, which is a very harmful psychology. So, and a rigid psychology. And to me, there's no spirituality, there's no peace in that. So, mercy is about a lot learning how to bring yourself to yourself in a loving way. And I picture that as if maybe the smaller part of me is going to this bigger part of me. And I don't mean that as in one is better or worse. I mean, there's just this one part going to this other part, looking for a place that says, it is safe to feel whatever you feel with me. And I'm not going to try to change that. Mm. And we live in a culture that wants to hurry up and change that. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, um, Shaming lens to witness ourselves and each other through. Mercy counters that. Mercy Mm -hmm. says, Come in, dear. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Sit with me. Let me hold you. Tell me all about it, which is very different than even sometimes, even our well intentioned friends. We go to them with a feeling and they immediately want to tell us what to do about it. Yeah. So mercy counters, and I could go on and on and on, but mercy begins to create a space and allows us to show up as we are, knowing that there's nothing that needs
1: to be fixed right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's sitting in it, right? Allow yourself the space mm-hmm. to sit in it without judgment and without hurrying on to release that pain and suffering. You know, I I think I have a Pollyanna attitude. And yet at the same token, I know my practice and myself well enough that if I'm, if I hurry through a pain or a suffering or even a feeling of guilt and shame, and I begin to ask myself more like, okay, what is this? As opposed to mm-hmm. get over it. Right. And show myself some love. Yeah. And you know, I um you know, I have so
0: much to say. I will say that just say it. When I can I, I wanna go further than sit in it. I wanna go mm. further than sit in it. I, I'm trying to find the right words. I wanna say, be with it. Yeah. Wrap your arms around it. And by it I mean you. Mm-hmm. And because when you do that, when I have done that, and certainly not every single time, every time is different, I meet part of myself that either I haven't met before or I've met before and I've shunned. Mm-hmm. So now when I do that, when I abandon myself or I send that part away, I'm not whole I'm walking around lopsided. And I think this is where body symptoms and all kinds of symptoms help us become less lopsided. They, they're they signals. And they're not just signals. they're They're real things. But it's being with it in a way that wraps reverence around it. That doesn't look at it as this is bad. That looks at it as you're having this human experience. And for me, the most spiritual things that we can do, if you want to know how to live a spiritual life, if you want to know how to connect more deeply to the divine, become fully human. Mm -hmm. I think that in a lot of the spiritual world, we've made divine better than human. And we've marginalized our human experiences all for the sake of trying to catch this divine, free, soft thing. And There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not reality. But when I can learn how to be fully human in all of its struggles, then I touch something deep in me. And this is where mercy, mercy becomes a fierce ally. Mercy kind of makes a circle around me and says, let her grieve. Let's just say grieve. Let her feel her pain. Let her cry. Let her mourn for days. Mm -hmm. You don't get to come in and tell her to hurry up. Mm -hmm. You don't get to come in and tell her she shouldn't feel this way or try to talk her out of her feelings or take up for the people who hurt her or whatever it is. And when I can let that experience, my experience, emerge, my real experience, not my edited experience of what I think should be, but what I actually am feeling, when I take all the shame off of it and witness it with a loving lens, Man, I meet not only a very deep part of me, but I meet a space where it comes hard becomes hard to discern the difference between what is me and what is infinite. Mm-hmm. It's like I've created this space of love where when I can hold the boundary around it and it's not easy and there's nothing wrong with it being hard. But I meet a love inside of me, and then a big love comes rushing in. Mm. And it all happens kind of so much at the same time, you can't really define it. And I don't think it should be defined any further than that. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a, I, I will call it, there have been times for me where it has been devastatingly beautiful. Mm. I can be mourning and weeping and full of joy and stillness all at the same time. And to me, that paradox is the divine or God or spirit or whatever you want to call it, your true self, Mm -hmm. that I can be still in all of the wounds and all of the grieving. And mercy
1: is an enormous part of that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What I heard, okay, what I heard (laughs) was during all of that, you said, we have, we have the thought that we are the divine, that the divine is something outside of ourselves, and that when we allow ourselves to be with it, to embrace it, to emba- embrace whatever whatever it is we're feeling, fear, guilt, shame, grief, whatever it is, that mm-hmm. we, we have a deeper ability of seeing the divine within ourselves. That's what I hear. And being that, right? And to to allow yourself to be that. Yes. And it's not, for me at least, it's not always what I
0: thought the divine looked like. Yeah. Right? Like being spiritual does not mean the absence of chaos. Being spiritual does not, just like being happy, being happy does not equal the absence of struggle. I mean, I say all the time in one of the classes I teach that we'd be happier if we knew how to struggle better. Right? Yeah. So and we don't want to learn how to struggle better. Right. So it's but we're all trying to avoid struggle as if as if if we struggle, it means we're doing something wrong or we're being punished. This is where bad old religion is still rearing its ugly head in so much of our yeah. culture. Mm-hmm. So and and the part about embracing it. I, I only want to emphasize that word while I, I don't disagree with it. I like to go further with it because embracing it doesn't mean I like it. Right. It doesn't mean, oh, I embrace it. So now it all feels good. No, it means crap. I can't like I I keep trying to change myself. I'm exhausted. It, it's more like a falling into it
1: mm-hmm.
0: for me than an embracing it. I'm embracing okay. me maybe, but I'm also falling into this feeling that I've been resisting without even realizing I was resisting it. Some of it's mm-hmm. so automatic and unconscious because we're all raised on it in one way or another yeah. that it's hard to recognize when you're doing it. Right. So, yeah, for me, it's like a fa- falling into it. And as I do that, I may be embracing. But that's me. That's Julie's path. For each person, when you move into this kind of work, it shows up, what emerges is different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Each person's own path shows up for them. Um, it's not, there's no like singular way that I can say to people, like, oh yeah, do this and then this will happen. Right. It, oops. It's not that way at all.
1: It's not that way with anything, right? And isn't that the, to me, that's the path of spirituality, how it needs to be, how it, how, the beauty of what it could look like uh, if it were taught from that perspective instead of, um, I was raised a Catholic too, nuns, mm-hmm. priests, monsignors they're all there in my family. And so oh, yeah. I get that. And it was all around shame, guilt, uh, do as I say, not as I do, all of that. And I remember as I uh, changed my spiritual practice, and anyway, I remember somebody asking oh. me, what do you think of Jesus? You know, this is a woman that a woman that was um a born-again Christian, you know, homeschool, blah, 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 asked me, Well, what do you think of Jesus? And I said, Well, she said, What do you think is gonna happen when you die? I said, Well, if he is, if he is the person that greets me on the other side, he's going to have his arms wide open and say, it's about fucking time you got here. I said, he's not going to sit there and tell me all the things I did wrong. Right? Absolutely he's going to say, not. come on, let's have a party. And we have been taught to shame and to avoid and to not sit with and to give our power away to something else instead of right holding it and nurturing right. it. Right letting it be whatever it needs to be absolutely i always the, the jesus topic is <laughs> i've
0: written a lot about that i always kind of chuckle because jesus was never that in his in his actual historical life he was never he was the opposite of this shaming keeping score <laughs> yeah. you know person and so it's just funny that a whole religion has been created with the opposite of of what he actually stood against. So, but yeah. man, that's like a whole nother. <laughs> I think that
1: could be a whole nother show, right? That could probably Absolutely. be a week long yeah. process. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about uh, something a little bit softer, maybe. And that is reimagining happiness. Because I have a feeling you have a lot to say about that based upon the work that you're doing with it. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. All right, well, welcome back, listeners. I'm having a conversation with Julie Booksh. And if you just popped in, you're going to want to go back and listen. As we talked about mercy, and now we're going to talk about something a little bit lighter, maybe I don't know. I am as in the dark about that topic as you are. So, um, okay, Julie. So I know the work that you are uh, that you are offering has to do with reimagining happiness. You did a talk on it, and I'd like to know what does that look like. How do we do that? Why would we want to?
0: So it's it it might not be lighter but we can certainly get into some lighter tangible pieces of that but really it has a lot to do with what we've already been talking about which is our culture has an overemphasis on what i call a toxic happiness that we should always be in the same mood and that that mood should be happy and we are not supposed to feel the same thing all the time we humans forget that we are also nature and nature changes if you look outside the window depending on where you are but here in the midwest it's fall and colorful and beautiful but nature changes and so do we Uh, here in michigan we have a, a saying just wait a minute the weather changes and you can experience like four seasons in one single day yeah. Well, I have felt that way too. <laughs> I could be crying one minute, laughing the next, feeling sad, you know, the next hour and feeling hopeful an hour after that. So rethinking happiness is about learning to have a little bit more fluid, fluidity in our experiences, our emotional experiences, and knowing that it's okay. Not only is it okay, it's healthy to go through different emotions and feelings. And learning how to care for those when they're the more the ones that we call the more difficult or less fun feelings mm-hmm. is a big part of rethinking happiness. So as I said earlier, learning how to struggle better and that whole idea of mercy we were talking about, where we create a space to bring ourselves just as we are and we don't have to poke and prod and push ourselves to feel something other than what we're actually feeling, but rather we can learn how to feel. That with love and tenderness and care. Mm. So, as far as the mercy part goes, I have I had an idea come to my head when, when you were saying maybe this will be a little lighter. Um, one of the things that I have used and I've I've taught it in just about every class that I teach. People ask me, well, how do I how do I because so much of it's unconscious this harshness mm. that we have on ourselves. How do I begin? to create this more loving voice. You know, how do I do this? And while that could be another whole week, um, because for me, certainly that journey has taken years of practice and will continue. But one of my favorite tools is very simple. I write on a sheet of paper, how are you, Julie? And of course, Terry would write Terry and whatever your name is would be your name. How are you, Julie? And I let myself answer the question without any editing, without writing what I think I should feel, without judging what I am writing. So in other words, if I say, I'm pissed, you know, a shaming voice could quickly come in and tell me all the reasons why I shouldn't be, particularly if it's, uh, I'm pissed at somebody. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, so-and-so didn't mean it, blah, blah, blah. All of that stifles my flow of feeling. All of that tells me you shouldn't feel this. So my little practice, how are you, Julie, is my safe place to feel what I actually feel. And that place is protected because it's on paper. It's in the privacy of my own home. It's just for me at first. And I can write whatever I want and the goal is to stand guard against anything that's telling me i shouldn't write that i shouldn't feel that mm-hmm. that's trying to talk me out of my feelings so that's a very simple and for me moving practice that helped helped me create begin to create uh, a place to feel that then trans transfers over into my life you know you practice it on paper but then you catch yourself while you're still moving in life, going from one thing to the next, you catch yourself stopping all of the you shouldn't feel that way and just kind of letting it be, letting it breathe.
1: Yeah. So somebody's spiraling and Mm -hmm. they just ask themselves that and write it down and let it flow like a stream of consciousness kind of writing without, without going back and erasing or crossing it off Just let it flow. And it sounds like it's something that, until you are used to it, you might have to practice it often. Like, Mm -hmm. do you still practice this in your life when you're feeling that way?
0: Every now and then, but much less so. Because now I know how to do it in my head, so to speak. I can do it in real time. But there are times, don't get me wrong, where if something, you know, something's really got me. Sometimes I can just close my eyes and go through it in my mind and mm-hmm. I can facilitate the different parts of myself, but sometimes I still need the paper. I, I used to actually write on paper because one, one of my rethinking happiness tenets, if I could say it that way, is that we're taught to put a certain face forward and mm-hmm. hide all the other faces And all the other faces in the shadow are very important parts of us. Mm -hmm. And we're taught to marginalize and abandon ourselves essentially. So, another exercise I used to do was I would write almost like a play, right? It would say me, and then it would say anxiety, and then it would say me or my inner torturer. And I'd have a conversation between the two. Mm -hmm. So, I've learned how to do all these things much faster. But at the beginning, writing, how are you, Julie, and letting myself just go. And I I want to say, sometimes I knew I would be like spinning and I'd try to write, how are you, Julie? And I wouldn't be able to, I th- I would write, I don't fucking know. Like yeah. I would get mad at the question, but that helped me then express what I was feeling. I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know how I feel. I just mm-hmm. feel, Ugh. Because so many adults, and I see this in relationships all the time, don't know how to identify what they're feeling. Yeah. So the practice, that simple question is kind of like a, a multifaceted practice. One, yeah. it helps you start to identify what you're feeling. I, you know, I know I'm frustrated. Okay, well, can I go deeper with that? I'm frustrated because, and then I start to tell the whole story. And then mm-hmm. it just in real time starts to unfold as I give it the space to unfold. Mm-hmm. But at first, at first my answer is a bunch of scribbly marks on the piece of paper. Cause I'm frustrated and I just got to, ugh. so, mm-hmm. and I do tell people because some people are visual. Some people express themselves in pictures. It doesn't have to be words. Mm-hmm. It could be pictures. It could be things that, abstract, concrete. It, it doesn't have to make sense. It, the whole thing is judgment-free zone of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm mad as hell. Right. Right. And even if part of me knows, okay, that the person that I'm mad at, let's say, really has no idea what they did. Right. So there's a part that wants to tell me I shouldn't be mad. Even though a part of me knows maybe that's partially true. I'm going to get nowhere if I don't
1: let the other part of me that's mad have it out on the page. Right. Well, I feel like that's where that cycle comes in. If you're not allowing that, that anger and that flow, that's where that repetitive cycle comes in where all of a sudden you blow up. And exactly. Right. You blow up. And you said something, you know, as adults, we don't know this. I lived in a household where Nobody talked about that. Nobody talked about your feelings, yes. right? No. Nobody talked about that. And so, if we aren't if we aren't open to learning or we don't have somebody that is skilled enough to give us some tools, like tools for anything else in life that we're going to practice, then we're going to continue to have those moments where we're spiraling and we get lost, right? Absolutely. And-
0: this is where that mercy piece keeps coming up. So the little practice yeah. I'm talking about is starting to create a merciful practice that lets me vent or whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, like you brought up the example of when we don't do stuff like this, when we don't sit with ourselves and try to like, okay, what's going on with me? What's going yeah. on in me? And then we explode at somebody. What happens is the shame cycle doubles down because now Not, we're going to oh, shame yeah. ourselves for explode OK, so now I'm even more of a shame because I blew up. And the problem with that, I mean, there's many problems, is that the original thing I was mad at gets completely lost yeah. because now it's all about the way I behaved. And right. but that thing is still there. So the mercy part comes in what you were saying, Terry. I didn't grow up in a household where we talked about feelings. And if we did, it was usually like, OK, you're angry. Yeah, you shouldn't be. <laughs> it was like, right. you shouldn't feel something. OK the mercy part is to remind ourselves, I'm not supposed to know this. Like no one ever taught me this. So I am going to screw up and that doesn't make me a bad person. Right. That's the thing about shame. It makes you think you're bad. Mm -hmm. That's the, like the essence of shame. You're bad. Screwing up does not mean, making mistakes does not mean I'm bad. It doesn't mean I'm less spiritual. It doesn't mean I'm less evolved. It means I'm human. Yeah. And just like every other person on the planet and beyond, I screw up. So the uh, the biggest part of of, I say the biggest, I don't really know if it's the biggest, but an enormous part of this mercy thing that we're talking about, this mercy practice, is how we treat ourselves when we screw up. Mm-hmm. And if any of you out there listening are like me, I can be so mean, and I didn't know it was mean when I was doing it. Right. But now, when I look back, oh God, I cry for that person because mm-hmm. oh, that was just—it was so bad. You can't screw up that you—you you should know better than this. You really hurt that person, or whatever the language of shame, "you're bad," would be the mercy. When you really get into this practice of mercy, is you learn how to say, Of course, you screwed up. Who are you to think that you don't screw up? Of course, you screw up. We all screw up. And it doesn't make you less spiritual. It doesn't make you less evolved. It doesn't mean you need to work on yourself more than other people or that you don't have things figured out like other people do, which is bullshit. When I can treat myself, when I catch myself, right? When I catch myself shaming myself or when I catch myself doing some habit that I don't like anymore, don't beat yourself up for catching yourself. Celebrate the catch. Yeah. I used to beat myself up for catching myself. Oh, yeah. you did it again. It was this like that you you did it again. It was like that, oh, you need to go to confession and confess your sins kind of energy. But, oh, sweetheart, of course you screwed up oh, you need to cry about it. Okay. You need to write about it. Okay. You need to be mad about it. Okay. But of course you screwed up. Of course you did. It's
1: okay. No one ever taught you this.
0: And yeah, even if they did,
1: it still doesn't mean you're perfect. Right. And you're still learning and you're still allowing and you have a willingness to keep going and to, to you know, as you're talking, it's like, I see you have this willingness, like you said earlier. To give yourself a hug, right? If it were my kids, I would say to them, okay, come on, let's just talk about it, right? Let me, I'm here no matter what. I'm not going anywhere. I hear you. I love you. I wanna be with you. Let's get yes. this. And so we do There's that to ourselves and it's a game
0: changer. Yes. And my, my gauge is my dog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually wrote a class about this. It's called the new dogma, D-O-G-M-A. Because it's all these lessons my dog has taught me. My dog is my gauge for me on how merciful, how well I'm doing with mercy. And I shouldn't say well, because I'm trying to get out of this judging ourselves. But when I can talk to myself the way I speak to my dog, if my dog doesn't feel good or stomach hurts, I don't say, oh, you shouldn't have eaten that. You shouldn't have eaten this the way I would used to judge myself. I would, I would say, Oh, sweetheart, come here. Let, let mommy, let mommy rub your belly. Let me put yeah. this oil on you. Um, Are you okay? Come tell you, come sit with me. Let's cuddle. These are all the things I would say to my dog as yeah. like, you would talk about your child. That's mercy. Yeah. And when we can begin to do that to ourselves with ourselves, that is a divine experience. Yeah. And sometimes I mean that in the most simplistic way. And sometimes I mean that in deeply moving ways. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That's the name of the mercy uh, practice is how we treat
1: ourselves when we think we screwed up. Yeah. I think to me that that is one of the biggest definitions of what impeccable soul care is all about, Mm -hmm. right? It's being able to see that within ourselves and to know, like you had said, about the changing of the seasons can even be in a, in a day here in Michigan. That's what yes. impeccable soul care is all about. It really is. Yes. Okay, so we're down to the wire. Uh, we only have mm-hmm. about a minute or two left. And okay. I, we're going to have to do this again because okay. <laughs> we have a lot more to cover. Um, but really what I want to say is that I appreciate the the tools that you shared, and I could even see myself, you know, I, I'm constantly learning myself for myself, for my practice, for my family, for my community, and I can see where that would be so beneficial to write those things down when I'm at that place where I'm spiraling. I always say I feel so yeah. fortunate that I have so many tools and that it's now more moments in my life that are like that, not such... Long term, right? It's not a full day. It's not a week. It's not a year. It's not, you know, it's not a decade. It's more momentary. And to be able to recognize that and have that tool to write it down is beautiful. And if the listeners would like to work with you and be in any of your upcoming classes or groups, how would they do that?
0: They can go to my website, which is basically just my name, juliebooks.com. They can look at the classes I have coming up, but they can also sign up to be on my newsletter where they will get the announcements of any and all of my offerings. So whether it's classes or small groups or talks that I'm giving, that's the best way. And they can always email me if they have a question or something, julie at juliebooks.com if they want to connect and make sure they're on the list or, or whatever it might be. I'm also on social media, but the website is the best way to make sure you're getting everything.
1: And don't you have a workshop on Mercy right now? Actually, I have a, it's actually a free
0: class on my website, uh, Inner Mercy. Awesome. I just had my web people tweak something. So it's not obvious that it's free, which I have to go change, but you'll see it. It's called Inner Mercy. That's a free pre-recorded webinar that I did uh, where I am very much in the moment of that class and- (laughs) It's an hour long too. So if you're going to do it, you might want to watch it in segments, but it's an hour long just so you know what to expect. So you can go and sign up for that as just
1: a, you know, kind of an intro, I guess. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that after all this time, it finally worked out and we're going to make it happen again. I would love that, Terry. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, this is your host, Terry Williams. Thanks for tuning in to the Art of Impeccable Soul Care, bridging ancient wisdom and modern teachings to raise your vibration and elevate your life. For more information or to work with me, visit soulpractices.com and subscribe to my tribe. You'll be the first to hear about upcoming guests and workshops, free resources, and so much more. Until next time, thanks again.